You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at Let's Talk Torah at gmail.com, and of course, I will answer as many as I can get to. Of course, it is summertime, if you haven't noticed. It's a great time, and I hope everyone has a chance to relax, chill out, family trips, maybe do something to get rid of some stress. Our guest today is Robert Allen, has just written his book, Self-Care. Let's start the conversation on the importance of taking time out for ourselves, which is perfect for the summer. Robert Allen, born and raised in Detroit, I love that part, is a leadership professional with multiple advanced degrees, business counseling, divinity, healthcare, leadership. Hey, so many words here. Robert has served in various industries from education, military, law enforcement, business, mental health, and ministry. Huh. Robert also is a board-certified chaplain and growth coach, helping everyday people, leaders, and companies maximize their talents and gifts. Robert, how are you today? I am absolutely fantastic. How are you? Great. I love that answer. You know, sometimes you go on a checkout line, and they ask you how you are, and you say, like, fantastic, and they look at you like, are you sure you're okay? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, the most important thing we need to find out is, um, how old were you when you left Detroit? Oh, well, I'm... Never really leave Detroit, oh, uh, but uh, <laughs> I moved away from Detroit about five years ago. Oh, so you're recent. We could have even bumped into each other. Uh, okay, so we're going to get back to Detroit soon. But before we get to Detroit, who is Robert Allen? Uh, Robert Allen is just a guy who uh, had various life experiences through the military, law enforcement, uh, counseling, education. And uh, along the way, uh, being in such stressful industries, uh, learned that self-care is needed and important. Okay. Was Detroit, I mean, when you say Detroit, like I live in Oak Park. I don't know how well you remember Detroit. Oh, yeah. So this is like, you know, by 10 Mile and Greenfield. <laughs> that's where I live. But you lived in the Detroit city or you lived out like in the suburbs? Uh, no, I was born and raised in Detroit, uh, the Linwood and Davidson area, if you're familiar. I, I'm actually not so familiar. You know, once I get past the lodge and I get downtown and my Waze tells me where I'm going, that's it. I have no <laughs> idea where I'm going. If the Waze drives me into the Detroit River, I'm in the river. I'm just, that's my sense of uh, direction. But now, okay. I, I have a feeling you're close to my age, which is not old enough. That's not what I meant. But what I mean is um, there was a time where there was a large Jewish population in downtown Detroit. And, of course, everybody moved and moved and moved. But I was just curious if you have any memories of when there was a Jewish neighborhood or that's that's really your parents' generation. No, I, I thought that the Jewish uh, community was more on the east side of Detroit, from my recollection. Like Dexter and 
where were the, where were those neighborhoods? I mean, it was in the '60s, so oh, it was on the east side, and you were on the west side. I was on the west side, but the '60s is my brother and sister realm. I'm a '70s baby. Oh, so you're younger than me, even. Oh, so this is way past your time. Okay, it was just, you know, you got out of Detroit one because all the sports teams are horrible around here. But uh, <laughs> okay. So first things first, um, why did you write the book? Well, I wrote the book because, one, I've been there. I've been in a place of burnout, stress out, overextending myself. And so the book was necessary uh, because I know that I wasn't the only one. So the book, and I did read the book, by the way, and I'm amazed. I can't even figure out how many jobs. I know I read it before. I don't know how many jobs you had at the same time, all at the same time. You jumped from one to the next. You either were or are an amazingly busy person. I love busy people because they're always <laughs> doing stuff. But sometimes people get so busy, they don't even realize. It's like, you know, the frog in the pot when it gets cooked. And the frog doesn't know that it's getting hotter and hotter because it's in the pot. So yes, sir. how did you figure out, as busy as you are or were, how did you figure out you needed self-care? Well, you know what? When you get to a point where you begin to lose sleep, um, you begin to become more forgetful, frustrated, agitated, easily <laughs> irritated, and um, you know, reach that point of exhaustion, those are some telltale signs. Well, yeah, those are those are signs. But you yourself or anybody in that situation um, has to realize that uh, that something has to change, or we have to do something. And I find many people don't even realize what what they're going through till they almost like step away from it. So you had telltale signs, but how did you know that you had to do something? Well, you know, it was through training. Uh, I am also a board-certified chaplain and um, a mental health professional as well. And as a board-certified chaplain, that was one of the first times that I ever heard the term self-care. And so as a chaplain, you go in and you're in uh, uh, particular areas, whether it be hospitals, nursing homes, convalescent uh, facilities, and you're walking with people in their grief. And so... When I went through the training to become a board-certified chaplain, one of the things that they spoke about was, what does your self-care look like? And I said, oh, you mean just getting away, going on vacation? They said, no, what is your self-care? And I had no idea what it meant, how to actually uh, define it, and what it looked like for me. Oh, amazing. So while you're training to help other people through their situations, certainly as a chaplain, uh <laughs> Somebody woke you up and said there's something called self-care, and you didn't even know what it meant. Now, I don't know what it means either. That's what we're going to find out today. So <laughs> let's, let's start on a very simple level. First things first, what does self-care really mean? So I went, I went and I redefined it uh, because I didn't think that the definition, the dictionary definition, really even gave it, gave it any justice. So my definition is whatever fills your cup in your most needful space would simply translate to uh, uh, self-care being progressive. So as you grow, as you age, as you mature, as uh, life circumstances change, whatever's going to fill your cup in that most needful space of your life 
is self-care. That is such an interesting thought. And we're going to we're going to delve into that one cuz I would like to know what that means. So I have to fill my cup. First of all, how do I even know my cup is empty or half full <laughs> or quarter full or or as I just read somewhere it just needs to get filled up. Um, I can't remember where I read that. Um so you're telling me I need self-care and I have to fill my cup with what fills me. What does that even mean? And so, for instance, let's say that uh, let's take an introvert. An introvert typically pushes away from everyone and they isolate. So for an introvert, depending on where they are in their life, in order to have self-care for them, they may actually need to be around other people that, that have a certain level, like yourself, of energy that can help bring them to a, a renewed point. Now, consequently, let's take the extrovert. The extrovert may need to be, be one that needs to pull away. And so in the book, I talk about four R's. Uh, the first being retreat, second, reflect, uh, third, replenish, and the fourth is restoration, being in a restored place. Okay, so it, it sounds like... And I was, you know, yesterday afternoon, it was one of these days I was a little uh, antsy and it's the summer and I'm still busy and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I happened to be, it was, it was beautiful weather yesterday. It was just gorgeous. And my wife is on the front lawn, my daughter's on the front lawn, and they're kind enough to call me and say, do I want to come outside and say hello? And it was so relaxing and it was so good and I, and I, and I liked it and I, it was good for me. And maybe that filled my cup. But does that mean I have to experiment to fill my cup? Or do I really need to find somebody to, to help me figure out what I need to be doing? Well, you know what? That depends on the person. Some people actually will need help uh, to identify those things. So if they need to talk to a mental health professional or growth coach or something like that, uh, they can do that. For me, I have what I call in the book uh, accountability partners that these are people that I have identified that can help me with certain limitations or challenges that I have. Now, they're not mental health professionals, uh, so don't want to choose those uh, particular individuals. But my accountability partner, I'm not the most patient guy, so I have an accountability partner that helps me with patience. And so part of me growing and maturing and understanding what I need for myself for self-care is employing others to be able to help advise me. Maybe you want to look at that a little differently. Yeah, so, and again, I'm trying to 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 figure this out. There's, I look at it as two different things. There is a person, I have to grow and become a better person. So I need somebody to help me. You know, you didn't have patience over here. You know, you were you got a little bit upset when you shouldn't get upset. That's not that's self care, which means become a better person. And then there's a different self care we're talking about, where I just need a break. I need to. I'm so focused on my business, and I'm so as we used to say in the rat race, and I'm running on that circle, and I'm not taking care of my family, and I'm not giving myself a chance to recharge. Is this are these two things one and the same hand in hand or we're talking about two totally separate ideas here? Not at all. We're talking about the same idea. So let's let's go back to the four R's real quickly. Okay, the go ahead. four pillars. So to retreat. For that person that is super busy, retreat to get away from, which means that you have to disconnect from all of the distractions. 
That could be, i.e., the business. It could be family. It could be anything to allow you to get away and be in a space where you can not be around chaos and you can actually breathe. Once you've reached a retreat, the second part is to reflect. When you're away from the chaos, then you can better understand what are some of the things that work well? What are some of the things that don't work well? What what do I love to do? What were some of the things that uh, before I got married, before I had a kid, what were some of those things that I love to do that I just don't do anymore? So after you uh, get from that place, you move to replenish. And then those are the things that's filling your cup. You're filling your cup. So that may be experimental. What you liked in your 40s, 30s, and 20s will be quite different than what you want in your 60s. What you want in your 40s may be quite different than what you wanted in your 50s. So that will be sort of experimenting on what fills your cup, what people or what pours into you, and what you allow to drain you as well. So the last part is the restoration portion where you're putting everything together and you're moving forward with a clear uh, train of thought or a better space or renewed space than you were in before. Okay, so now I'm... As I'm focusing, I love to hear this. I like to take things apart. I'm a sort of a Talmudic scholar. I can't help it. But um, <laughs> I love it. I'm, I, I'm learning. I, you know, my, my goal is whenever I, I bring somebody on, I love to learn stuff. That's how I, I make my conversations. I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I just saw my email the other day. Um, they sent me a list of questions that, that are suggested questions. I never had a chance to look at it. I read the book. I have my questions, and that's how I learn. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I may know the answers to your questions. I want answers to my questions. So, right. so Well, I'm, I'm good with your questions. <laughs> oh, cool. Amazing. So, so now let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it back. So first things first is for anybody, they have to get away. Now, does getting away mean that I have to just be alone does it mean I could be with family on a family trip? It really means that I need that time to just say, everyone go away. I need an hour, 10 minutes, two weeks, whatever it is, to just think by myself. Is that really how you look at the first part of retreat? Absolutely. So I'll take you. The family vacation is exactly what you said it is. When you go on a family, family vacation, your priorities is to your, to your children, to your wife, and then you typically come last. So that's not really a retreat. That's a vacation. And it's not really a long time. It's family vacation. Now, if you took this same vacation and you uh, uh, pulled out or carved out time for you specifically to retreat, then we are working with something there. But if you're just going on a family vacation, that's exactly what it is, is a family vacation. You know, it's so funny. My wife tells me we don't go on that many family vacations. Happened to have been last year with COVID. I had all the kids home. Nobody was going to <laughs> camp. Schools were out. So we actually went to the Upper Peninsula for a week, and we did all the tourist stuff. I was never there before. It was, it was beautiful. And, but my wife always says to me, she says, you know, it was a very nice family vacation. But I, talking about ourselves, she, I didn't have a vacation. This was family. No. Yeah. We even joke Absolutely. about it. She said her favorite part, I don't know if you were, ever up in the, were you ever in the Upper Peninsula? No, I'm going in two weeks. Oh, it's great. Um, so we went to Pictured Rock. 
That's one of the places we went to. That's you got to get on one of those motorboats. You can take a kayak, and they take you by all those different stone structures. Beautiful. So my wife says to me recently, she says, oh, I love that motorboat ride. I said, you slept the whole time. She said, that's why that's I liked she it. Loved it. <laughs> that, was, that was her <laughs> retreat. Okay, so that's retreat. Now, p- really, part of retreat is really like 1A, where I need to say not only am I now alone, but now I got to think. You know, there's a lot of people, if you put them in a room by themselves, they have no idea how to think about anything. They, they don't know what to do. How do you tell mm-hmm. a person, think what you need? What do you think what I need? I, I, I don't know how to think. So what do you tell that person? <laughs> well, what? I tell them to get the book. <laughs> it, it, it explained it all for them. But though, uh, to, to reflect. And see, here's the thing. I think uh, reflect is the second biggest pillar out of the four R's, in my opinion. And so I'll give you uh, a a quick story. So when I was in uh, school to receive my uh, master's in divinity, we had a homework assignment. It was a, a professor who taught a class, personal spiritual disciplines. And so the homework assignment was to go off and be alone. Now, you can't tell me. I'm one of those persons you can't tell me to go off and be alone. At first, I thought about blowing off the assignment because I was so busy doing all the things that you mentioned earlier. And I said, no, that's dishonest. I can't do that. So I went to a park. The first 10 minutes, I was balancing my checkbook. I was thinking what I need to go get from the grocery store. Uh, and then I just began to be still. I can't tell you how transformative that was or transformational it was for me, I began to, like, drift off and look at the birds and look at the sky and notice sounds that I've never noticed before. It had dawned on me. I have never been in a place where I allowed myself to be quiet and to be still to even think about anything that wasn't work-related. And so reflection just deals with once you're really able to retreat, you will be able to think about some things, uh, but you have to get away. And that's the biggest part. How many people truly get away? Yeah, not too many. And I think you're also saying, and it's a patience thing, that when you're sitting there quietly and you don't have your phone with you, of course, because if you took it with you, you're going to turn it back on. Um, So you don't have your phone. You got to sit quiet and sit quiet and just sit there for a while. And you might be bored, but you got to give your brain a chance to actually just, just to cool off. And just yeah. to just to let everything just flow over overflow, and then once you, and once we get there, and I can figure out what I need, so then I get to step three. Then my that's my replenish. Yes, that's your replenish. So when you think about it, um, I remember I tried to uh, in in part of a training. Uh, part of it was about meditation. I could not meditate, and the reason why I could not meditate was I couldn't shut my brain off because I had been hardwired from a young age to be busy, 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 to, to always do. Uh, it was the same that was culturally from my <laughs> what I grew up in. Too much idle time is the devil's workshop. So that means you stay busy and you don't have any idle time. Well, when, you, when, when I've been taught that, then it's hard for me to be able to shut, shut, you know, shut things down and to pull back. And so the replenish stage 
after you're able to get to a point, you can meditate, you can reflect, you can do these things. Uh, then you can say, what really pours into me? What people pour into me? Now, I know, like you, like me, you may have some family members who just drain you, some employees that may drain you, just certain things in life because of who you are and, and uh, uh, that pull on you. But then you have things that, that pour into you. And sometimes we, we don't get the balance right. We're surrounded because of our work with things that pull from us, and we don't allow the things that pour into us to pour into us because we're too busy pouring out. Wow, I love it. And, and, and my time is flying, and I have two questions I want to leave you with. First of all, I want to know, and, we, and this was really just a, such a fun conversation. Really, really, I learned a lot. I loved it. And I, of course, suggest for everyone to go pick up the book, Self-Care, Let's Start the Conversation. So first of all, I want to know what you'd like to leave us with. And, of course, please tell us how we can get your book. All righty. So uh, first off, thank you for having me on. Uh, this has been one of the best interviews I've ever uh, been on. I love your energy. But if I can leave the people with anything, reduce the need to have to do. And also evaluate what deserves your energy. Practice the four R's. Retreat, reflect, replenish, and restore. And I guarantee you it's going to be life-changing. Now, for those who want to go and buy the book, you can go directly to the website, www.rwallenbooks.com. If you go on the website and buy, I will sign your copy for you. We have shirts and other products that you may want to buy. And if you are an e-reader or just want to do the typical Amazon thing, you can go to Amazon and look up Let's Start Self-Care, Let's Start the Conversation, written by myself, Robert Allen. Yes, and I actually have an um, autographed copy, so of course I do appreciate that. And as I told you, I read the book. I, I appreciate it, Robert. I appreciate it this time. This was so enlightening, so, you know, it, it just it helps you breathe. It helps you feel. And, of course, if you ever make it to um, Detroit again, so you have my phone number. I hope you have my email address. We'll go out for a cup of coffee. Well, you know what? I'm going to take you up on that. I'll be in Detroit probably mid-August, so I'll reach out to you. Cool. I love it. And I have to let you go, but thank you again, Robert Allen. Music's playing. I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you to wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you to wonderful production team. We have David and Kelsey in the back. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Sue Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it. There's a house we can build. 